search of wild America We celebrate those courageous individuals Who boldly choose to define their own unique paths To find success and happiness In search of wild America In search of wildamerica.com Welcome to the In Search of Wild America podcast. In this interview with Doug Owen, senior editor of Blacklisted News and host of the Blacklisted Radio podcast, we cover topics like you don't have to have an opinion, thinking is a good thing, blind faith has pros and cons, and embedded systems don't belong in the brain. We also give a special shout out to all the closet Trump voters. Doug Owen posts the best of the best stories from a much deeper context than the mainstream media ignorance trough. We talk about Doug's unshakable optimism about the future. Few have a grasp on American politics, the global elite, and geopolitics like Doug. In this interview, we get into how Doug maintains his positive and truly hopeful stance in the face of so much to the counter. Something about Doug that always stands out in his podcast, Blacklisted Radio, and in his news site, Blacklisted News, is nothing is as simple as a soundbite or a bumper sticker if actually thought about. My interpretation of Doug's mission is, think, damn it. And we turn to our guest tonight, Doug Owen of Blacklisted News. Doug, how you doing? Good, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's great to be here and oh. uh, to to finally make this work. We've been trying for a few days now to kind of coordinate around my sickness, your time schedule, your internet, and all of the other things that uh, we have to face on a day-to-day basis here uh, on planet Earth. So it's good to be with you, sir. Oh, yes. It's good to be with you, too. And so uh, you have blacklisted news, and I guess... You you are on the list now of uh, Russian propaganda sites, and I'm just wondering, uh, when did the Russians approach you with their dastardly plans to infiltrate blacklisted news? Well, I think it was some time after the love affair between Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump, or as he calls him, Trumpa, and Steven Seagal. And I think they had some kind of menage a trois and decided uh, to, to work with uh, a very interesting, vast group of, of Jesuits and other Catholics that uh, kind of formed this this uh, united front against Hillary Clinton. And uh, once those plans were, were laid out, uh, it, it was just a matter of time before RT and some of these other Russian media outlets uh, got into the alternative media, came in with lots of rubles and I, I was just waiting to to uh, you know use blacklisted news uh, even though I've been the senior editor for over 10 years it was at this time that that uh, you know I decided to to uh, you know work with Putin work with the, the Kremlin in, in this propagation of anti-hillary media and uh, that, that's how it all really began mmm so you, you you weren't used as a pawn. You weren't you weren't fooled at all. I mean, you knew full well, and and you 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 were into it. I mean, yeah. Well, well absolutely. I get it. I mean, after I saw what happened in the Ukraine and how organic and loving uh, the, the, these <laughs> protesters were, I mean, I, I felt almost obligated to to join in with the the cause for an anti-globalization, uh, Russian-driven, nationalistic uh, approach to countering U.S. propaganda. Mm. Did you get paid in vodka? 
vodka. It's not vodka. It's vodka. And yes, vodka. Bath, <laughs> bathtubs full. Uh, we we got uh, my wife and I a vast amount of irradiated. Uh, berries from the Chernobyl region. Uh, those are very, oh, really? very. They're still listed as organic. Absolutely true. So, we got berries. We got uh, vodka. Uh, there's, there's a lot of benefits for working with uh, uh, Putininsky. Hmm. Well, I mean, is it true that Putin himself arrived at your front door? And if so, was he shirtless and riding a horse? I mean, that that like piece of you know Russian metal, I couldn't say no to that either. No, I mean, no, no. That's just domestic propaganda for the Russian people. They're kind of civilians, and you know, it's it. He's their Rambo, and uh, so no, Vladimir Putin had a Rolls Royce. Uh, he he was. Uh, I think drinking maybe blood or something like that. You know, he's definitely a a very uh, uh, dark, evil man, and uh, he knows judo. So we actually met during a, a wrestling match, and uh, with with myself and Steven Seagal and uh, uh, Joe Arpaio, <laughs> we met on the set. When uh, they were raiding the the uh, chicken fighting operations, you may have seen the episode uh, with Steven Seagal where he he became a, a police officer in Arizona prior to becoming a Russian citizen. So that was the mm-hmm. contact point. It was all through Steven Seagal. Oh, that's amazing. Well, okay. So satire aside, I can assure everybody that Doug Owen is not a Russian sympathizer or a spy. <laughs> um, but no, with no. that out of the way, you, yeah, I, I, I wonder. I, um, so right now, I mean, how? I mean, that's how, how ridiculous it really is. Yeah, I mean, that's how ridiculous yeah. it really is. Is that uh, somehow uh, myself, along with two hundred other websites out there, um, were either being paid Russian propagandists and or um, useful idiots. Uh, be, becoming part of this this echo chamber of, of fake news that was designed to put Donald Trump into the presidency, and you know there, there's something to be said about the alternative media and then the love affair that the love affair that's happened with Donald Trump, and uh, there's plenty of websites that have in, in in you know alternative media hosts that are all in on Donald Trump and. So uh, we're we're uh, definitely an outlier in that regard. Uh, I, you know, personally, I'm not a big fan of Vladimir Putin. I think he's an autocrat. Uh, when you look at uh, what the the Russian government is doing, uh, recently, just a couple of days ago, signed off on this uh, Internet Security Doctrine, which is a, a basic, basically like a China Chinese style Great Firewall. Uh, to you know, keep the public from seeing objectionable, objectionable uh, material and things that may may upset the Russian population. So, uh, and, 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 and you know, I could go on and on. You know, and we've been pretty hypercritical of the the security state and of course the the cronyism uh, attached to Vladimir Putin's you know uh, modern or post post uh, modern. You know, revolution that that's taking place, and so um, yeah, I mean, we we're really highly critical of U.S. foreign policy at, at the same time, uh, highly critical of Hillary Clinton, and I think that that's where really the crux was, is that people that uh, 
you know, posted some of the videos, you know, showing Hillary Clinton falling, that is being, you know, uh, regurgitated almost, uh, it's, it almost seems like a, a mainstream media, you know, CIA talking point to say that that, that is fake news. And, you know, the, the, the fact that she had walking pneumonia, the media uh, scolded her for lying about that to the media. You know, they were personally invested in the Hillary Clinton campaign, not to mention, you know, almost all U.S. mainstream media was uh, pushing for Hillary Clinton. And now uh, the 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 Donald Trump uh, win has has justified so many uh, uh, or uh, so many to to now focus on why. How could everybody be so wrong? And uh, the 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 consensus in the mainstream media that's trying its best to be you know somewhat relevant today, and, and they're becoming less and yes. less relevant, uh, are 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 you know pointing at fake news stories that were more popular than than real news stories. And of course, what's happening with PizzaGate? And I don't know if you really want to talk about it, but uh, PizzaGate's become a oh sure a, it's a, good. A big yeah. big talking point. So if you don't know the background, it's pretty easy to find, but. Uh, the the nutshell is that during eating babies, <laughs> well, there's some of that maybe, <laughs> possibly, probably yeah. not. Um, the the Podesta leaks that were released by WikiLeaks, um, they they had uh, some pretty interesting email correspondence between John Podesta and this artist that had. Um, she's a spirit cooker she's an artist and she you know they have some kind of weird ritual and i don't know what they do there but he's got some pretty creepy art and a lot of internet sleuths uh started seeing these these code words being used in some of these emails if you read the emails for yourself it does seem like there is some kind of code being expressed with topics you know or, or or terms like hot dog pizza pizza sauce and you know like people leftovers so, yeah well you know there i don't know how much you've read into it but <laughs> but well, um, a little bit so yeah. that you know there might be something happening there well anyway this is all uh, uh become uh, a focus on this dc area pizza place called comet ping pong well basically basically a bunch of people have determined is a a child sex slavery uh, operation or ring the, for the DC elite that operates under this this uh, pizza place. So it's a pretty fantastical story, regardless of whether you believe it or not. You have to admit it's pretty fantastical. And uh, just the other day, we had a, a gentleman, a failed actor. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what that really means. I mean, <laughs> it just means you probably haven't got a gig yet. Although uh, you'll get some attention now. Went into Comet Ping Pong. Oh, yeah. actually. Uh, shot off around so of course the media especially jake tapper they're like oh my god this is what happens when a conspiracy theory goes out of control oh my god it results in somebody shooting a bullet and i just think about that and try to juxtapose it to the iraq war the lies that the media perpetrated against the people uh ended in the death of millions of people you know, if you really wrap your mind around that, you know, what what kind of weaponized, dangerous information has has come out uh, prior to the Internet, prior to the alternative media from the mainstream media that's that's become so discredited. Um, and, and so, yeah, uh, Pizzagate obviously 
is a a way to really you know highlight how dangerous conspiracy theories are and we've had people like Cass Sustein that uh, has written books. He's a political advisor uh, and, and talked about you know how the the U.S. government needs to counter conspiracy theories, how dangerous these become, how you know listening to Alex Jones is just a bridge to to becoming a white supremacist, that kind of stuff. And so you know the Washington Post put out this really <laughs> just lazy article about Russian intervention in the media and these these fake news sites so they kind of go hand in hand in in this larger discussion as as to what the response will be by the state and by uh these social media networks that are you know huge propagation mechanisms for you know delivering information to to their users oh yeah and i i wonder why the washington post put it out i mean i don't think that that was necessarily an organic idea that some reporter came up with because you look into right, right there on blacklisted news there's a couple of stories like house quietly passes bill targeting russian propaganda websites then you have corporate media demand social media ban fake news and you have um i guess like a terrorist database that the uh, major social media companies are going to uh, create in common for one another another that they can basically uh, uh, blacklist content and such like that, and of course that, that's easily abused in so many different ways. And so, I look at the I look at the Washington Post story and I go, yeah, it it it's lazy, and nobody who's intelligent, I mean, at all, is going to take it seriously. But people do, and even if they don't, does it matter? Because it it's kind of like I mean, the, uh, the the project for a new American century was already created before 9/11, and so it seems like legislation that's getting pushed through the House and, and it will soon in the Senate, it already existed before the Washington Post story, you know, before the Russians elected Putin. So it seems like I don't know, it's this is just a uh, a template that happens over and over and over again. Yeah, and it, that's well, what, what I see. what's so scary about it is if you you know you really look at it, China has been really effective in censoring the internet, and uh, it goes on, and you know that's what I'm sure people like Vladimir Putin, uh, the Russian oligarchs, the elite, uh, you know the European and uh, U.S. Uh, dominated you know political elite would like to see happen. You know, Obama's really kind of opened the door talking about we need some way to find out what's truthy. Uh, Fact check. Now you're hearing all (laughs) the fact check false. Fact check true. Fact check. Fact check. So anytime uh, you you have a question about the validity of a source of information, you can just go to Snopes or one of these, you know, six or seven, you know, websites that that uh, will, will tell you how truthy something is, or maybe you'll get some kind of uh, yeah. notice on your Firefox or Google, Safari, whatever browser. Uh, you know, that's where, it, oh, yeah. you know, uh-oh, uh-oh, you might be reading something that's not true. And, and for oh, the most part, those, I mean, yeah. people are going to have to decide whether or not they think something's true or want to, to uh, you know, come to their own conclusions. I think that that's what's so dangerous is that, yeah, you know, you're going to have people that come to the wrong conclusions. I mean, I've I've done some pretty extensive research into Pizzagate, and I never thought, you know what? 
I need to go down there and find out for myself and I'm going to carry an AR-15 in there and, and shoot the place up. So, you know, I, I obviously, you know, look at same, the same things and come to different conclusions, uh, whereas some people, uh, you know, will uh, you're going to have a, a certain segment of the society that that is, you know, kind of a nutter. And uh, oh, yeah. it, it might not be, it, you know, very rarely is it conspiracy theories or anything that's considered conspiratorial that drives uh, people to to harm others. Every, you know, there's some hate there. There's a portion of people that kill because they hate people or want their stuff, uh, which is usually the, 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 the motive. But uh, you do have these things. But. In a free society, you're going to have to accept a little bit of danger, you know, and that's what, oh, you know, I think oh. your 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 show and you know the whole idea of rewilding is that we have to get past this this point where, or, or you know, maybe you know break through this this conditioning maybe we never have before, where okay. we have to uh, we have to to accept. Uh, a little bit of risk in our lives, you know, we're going to have to, if we want a free internet, we're going to have to risk finding information or clickbait that's going to take us to stupid websites that are spam farms. You know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do that. Uh, and, and if, you know, the people that scare me the most are, are the ones that think that somehow with enough legislation, somehow with enough uh, algorithms and enough electronic control mechanisms over the information that reaches the masses, that that is going to provide some perfect unity and harmony for all. And, and that's, you know, that's that's the most scary thing in the world. The people that think, yeah, you know, we oh. need more rules over information. You know, it's it, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it it definitely reeks of you know the the Burke, uh, the book burnings and bannings that we saw you know in the the early 20th century when when oh that's all this information you don't want to read that book let's burn that thing so the kids don't get crazy ideas and join isis these books who you know <laughs> you do you definitely don't want to touch those and uh you know that's kind of where we're going uh i, I hope people are smart enough not, not to be fooled I, I hear you. Well, I, there is no safety anyway. I mean, life, life isn't safe, whether you live in a totalitarian slave state or a somewhat free country like America. I mean, it just isn't. So that's something I think people have forgotten, and they keep looking up for that safety, and it's not up there. It's not going to – it isn't. There's no up there. There's no God. Well, there's God, but there's no God nor government that's going to – you know, make you safe. That's just not how life works. And so it they seems can't, like they can't keep you maybe humanity's. Yeah, I was just gonna say they can't yeah. keep you from falling off a ladder. They can't keep you from, you know, some of the the day to day risks that we take to to live here on planet Earth. I get up on ladders all the time. That's part of my my day gig. I do a lot of uh, wiring and things like that. They require me to do work above ceilings where there's electricity that could shock me. You know, <laughs> if I'm not careful with, you know, my you know, and, and very cognizant of my your AR fifteen. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I may die. I, I've been shot <laughs> yeah. before. I could get electrocuted. Um, but, you know, and, and so I guess maybe, to, you know, a metaphor there is that sometimes some of the rules, some of the things that you do out there in life that, you know, with with electrical code, you know, make things a lot safer. But at some point, you can't regulate 
everything to the T. You got to twist that wire nut five times or, you know, you, you can you can find a nice medium where, hey, we can we can live together and we have some set of rules that we mostly all agree on. And that's about as good as you can do, <laughs> you know. Yeah, maybe that's about as good as you can do. If there's a hole in the road, we put, you know, cones around it, maybe some flares, you know, <laughs> there's things you could do to like decrease the amount of uh, danger that people, you know, face. But um, oh, oh, yeah, like, like they like in Oakland, uh, was it earlier this week or, or over the weekend where I mean, like if the building had had fire escapes and sprinklers and things like that, maybe nobody sure. would have died. Sure. And maybe if people weren't living in a warehouse, you know, so maybe I, mean, if there I know it's the same in flamm- L.A. Flammable contaminants in there because it's, you know, there's tons of artists that have all sorts of, you know, chemicals and things. And yeah, if this wasn't chained up. Yeah. And so, yeah, building codes, one of those. Yeah. Things, I guess when I look at government, you know, I, I'm an anarchist. But when it comes to set set rules, you know, things that we can go by standards that that people practice. Uh, they don't always have to be set by the state, but you know sometimes the state does need to 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 regulate that, and, and we want that. That th- those are the things that you actually want government doing, not killing in the name of, not you know nation building, not uh, screwing over taxpayers to pay to to uh, you know service debt. Those kind of things that become you know uh, parasitic on society. Do I want them to you know have a building code? Absolutely. I've been to Mexico. I see what the world's like without building codes. Uh, you know, in California, where the world shakes every once in a while, it's good to have building code. Those things don't bother me at all. But when it comes to to information, ideas, and the regulation thereof, you know, this is one of the things that makes us unique, and that is that we have the First Amendment. We have the ability to to speak our minds and we should be able to project that through the internet uh, and, and there's going to be people that uh, don't like that and there's going to be people that uh, want to to push their beliefs their truths more than others and to create you know some kind of control mechanism to you know to to prove or to to, to control what is what is proven you know, this is scientific. Oh, yeah. This is scientific, and it's proven. And to to think otherwise, you believe in flat Earth, PizzaGate, uh, and, and other, you know, crazy conspiracy theories. And it's 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 a way to. I mean, not you know, it it, it seems that it used to be really easy to 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 laugh off the alternative media or laugh off. Uh, this this counter narrative that's being pushed by people like myself. It's really easy to laugh off, you know, critical uh, analysis of geopolitics until it actually affects the election. And that's why I think that we're seeing this this kind of crescendo and, and control and not just in this country. I mean, it's happening in Russia and Europe as well. Uh, Germany especially has new legislation. Uh, there's over 48 private agencies or different government agencies that will get to see the browser history of every British citizen. Uh, so we're seeing this total clampdown in the name of keeping us safe from terrorism. And, um, you know, that, that, that uh, you know, is is going to 
ultimately right now, I mean, I, you know, you were, I think, alluding to a question, you know, how much is being on the proper not uh, blacklist yeah. affecting yeah. me today? I, I don't see any effect whatsoever. You know, my, my, I, as far as I know, uh, you know, my, my tweets are still going out and my uh, Facebook posts are still being automated. Um, I, 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 you know, they have the clown filter where it lets you see, you know, you think you've posted something, but, but you really haven't. Or a majority of those people that are following you may not see it. You know, they can always lie about how many people see your, uh, your activity. But to me, that's why, you know, I've never been a huge fan of I'm not a fan of all of social or centralized social activity. You know, the reason everybody goes to Facebook is because everybody's going to Facebook. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Where do you find your friends, old people, you know, that that you used to know, you find them on Facebook. You know, if they're out there, they're on uh, Facebook. And we're or maybe Twitter. Yeah, and they find you too. Blah. Yeah. Right. So, so that's why <laughs> yeah. it, so that that has become it's it's, you know, the the biggest social platform in the West is Facebook. And um, as long as the majority of people, you know, you know, Facebook has two dilemmas. One is that they want to keep users interactive uh, with their, their site. They want to keep them happy. And one of the things that they've done or they've found that's really effective is just, you know, putting people into their own bullshit system of of reconfirming bias you know if you don't believe in global warming you're going to find tons of stuff that doesn't believe in global warming and that keeps you there and keeps you happy because you're seeing politics and things that you like whether it's whatever whatever political spectrum you can kind of create this this little network around yourself of like-minded people that uh you know have these certain viewpoints and so people don't get exposed to counter viewpoints. They don't, they don't hear the the counter arguments. They just get into these, you know, these these fighting matches. You know, global warming is a perfect example. Oh, yeah. You know, of something that has has become sacrosanct. You know, to question it is to question oh, science itself. And um, you know, if you even want to engage in a debate, not even about you know the science or the reality of temperature increases due to carbon dioxide co2 emissions whatever but just to say hey you know al gore is a scumbag and he's stealing a lot of money or he's you know he's just using this as a platform as he flies around on his private jet to to, to soak billionaires and uh, people you know companies and kind of extort them which is kind of you know shady how much of that may be true doesn't matter, but if you have that opinion, which I do, about Al Gore <laughs> being kind of kind of crappy and uh, you know his 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 fear mongering, you know, there's not going to be snow in 2013. Your children will never see another winter if you don't give money, and we don't have global carbon taxes and all the rest. You know, all the the the, the pre-positioned uh, you know solutions, you know, to to global warming then somehow you're a quack nut and it's like well you know regardless of that because i'm not a scientist i don't know everything i know that my weatherman can't predict what's happening seven days from now so i don't know how how much oh, yeah. you, how much you can predict that this is the hottest day in the world when we weren't predicting the hottest day in the world or monitoring the hottest day in the world in 10,000 bc beyond that 
you know, I have a lot of uh, skepticism about the people involved and the solutions. Because more importantly than all of that is, okay, well, if that's the problem, what is the solution? What's going to be your solution? Same thing with, you know, ISIS and uh, the, the, this, uh, you know, manufactured state-sponsored terrorism that's happening and non-state-sponsored terrorism, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Qatar and in Saudi Arabia funding terrorists and the like or freedom fighters as they see them you know it's all about perspective you know what is your solution oh we're going to clamp down we're going to create some kind of internet filter so people you know can't see what you say about Al Gore because it hurts his feelings number one okay you can't hurt his feelings and number two whatever you're saying is so dangerous it's going to undo everything and then people are going to be dumb and then we're going to have you know an apocalypse that that is going to be manifested by man himself you're like well geez okay here we are today (laughs) this is where back we're kind of right back there where if you buy that then you know I, i you know i don't know what to say i mean i you know that's that is oh yeah that is going to be oh i i yeah i see the division on i mean i'm not a big facebooker but i see the division just on facebook alone where uh for the first time i've ever seen is where people are kind of Losing friends and parting ways. I mean, the uh, America or the world, it, it's so divided right now that it seems like people who do become a little bit aware of there being something behind the MSM, that maybe that's not the word of God. I mean, if you just would say about global warming that maybe you might say, you know, I don't know enough to have an opinion. It's not really a passion for me, but I hear so much vitriol and hatred and spite on both sides. <laughs> I know. Really – Neither sounds that good to me, you know, and I don't – and how about this? I'm not going to go with what you're saying. You're going to – I said it to people like, I'm not going to buy that it exists or not. It's not a passion for me. I don't know. I have other passions. It would seem like it would take several lifetimes of intense study to even have a half-assed maybe idea. So you know what? I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's not that I don't you care, but it's, it's that. Well, what could you do about it? You know, I, I recycle. I, I, I don't. Um, yeah. You know, I don't use Aquanet. I don't. You know, I, I don't <laughs> try to. I don't have a large <laughs> carbon compost. footprint. You know, I compost. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty organic <laughs> and crunchy. You know, so, so what will you have to pay more? You have to pay more. We have to pay taxes. We have to give up sovereignty. We have to allow the United Nations to to take control of the the, the coal plants or whatever crazy trash idea. Cans. Right. We need automated <laughs> trash cans with RFID readers and robots and you know whatever they need. Yeah. Because you know you, you just especially in my business, uh, the news business, I just see all these crazy ideas come out of of politics, and you know I'm hypercritical of them because you know sometimes. You know, I come up with these really wacky ideas. You know, I'm like, oh man, this seems like such a stupidly easy idea to fix this problem. And then, you know, somebody says, well, yeah, that sounds great, but did you think about this? And you're like, oh my God, I never thought about that. (laughs) Oh, 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 you know, so you refine and you come back with these ideas. And, you know, at some point you, 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 you have more. Uh, you know, information at hand to make a better decision. You, you at least hope. And 
you know, you see that come out of government. Okay, well, we're just, you know, the, the nonsensical stuff that that is actually intended to be uh, a bridge and divide. You know, and it, when when it comes to trans trans issues, trans bathroom issues, if you look at the percentage of the population, less than one percent of the population is transgender or identifies as transgender, or at least enough to think that they they or want to identify to. I guess pollsters. I don't. I don't even know how they come up with that that idea. But you'd say one out of a hundred people, you know, might be a guy that, uh, you know, biologically in certain areas that wants or believes that they're a woman, and that you know, and that okay. So if you dress up like a woman, I imagine they were probably already using female restrooms, and probably somebody might say, oh, you know, that's weird, because people, you know, <laughs> people look at other people. If they have a funny haircut or if they're just weird, you know, odd looking, you know, and think that they're weird. And you're like, OK, that's kind of weird. And and it's probably not a big deal at all. It's not a big deal. But then when you you, you get all these laws going and you, you start fighting for this right that you probably already had, <laughs> we, we need the right to go into the other bathroom to make people, OK, well, that serves a very, very, very small percentage of the population. And the fact that, that that I'm disinterested with it is one, because I'm not transgendered, you know, and if, and if I was, you know, I, 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 I would, you know, I would probably, I generally don't want to go to public restrooms, period. <laughs> and I'm not transgendered. <laughs> you know, I don't go, I don't take a crap in a dang, you know, porta potty if I can absolutely help it anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the big deal is, but it, it, it serves such a, it's such an issue for such a few people and the people it does affect and, you know, the few <laughs> and of course the, the offended, all the people out there, oh, they, oh, they feel yeah. like they're so connected to it. It's like, and I talk with my my sister. I love her to death. She lives in Seattle. She's one of those people on Facebook that, you know, if we if I talked enough about politics to her, we could probably start hating one another. Really, honestly, you know, <laughs> that's what happens on yeah. Facebook. You know, people just I can't believe you're this dim-witted. Ah. Oh, so, it's happening a lot. It's happening a lot right now. Yeah, it's really sad kind of because. You know, no matter that was the point of it all. You're not if you're a Democrat or a Republican, you're not on the right side. You're not on the good side. You're not on the virtuous side or the altruistic side. You're just on a side. (laughs) You're on one side of of a. a, You're just a you know a team, a part of a team. And I could see, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I see people that that could you know lose friendships over sports, and you think how asinine is that? Oh yeah, over your sports team. Oh yeah. But it's really the exact same thing. It's really the exact same thing where you've you've picked one team because you like a few of the things that they say or or some of the people that are part of that or somehow you're benefiting from it. And that's why you like that. team. Oh, it's no different. I mean, like if you look at the, uh, the let's say a conservative versus a liberal, and they're you know arguing politics like a you know what causes crime. You'll have your liberal will say, well, it's socioeconomic uh, disparity. You'll have your conservative will say, no, it's it, it's a lack of character and good parenting. You know, and it's just like it, it it's a beautiful argument that neither can ever win. They're both kind of right. And it's just it. Everything is a wedge issue. Everything right. is a wedge issue. I think it, everything. So it's like I see Facebook just like exploding these days because people don't realize that hey, if you're a liberal or a Republican, a conservative, 
you're just one side of a wedge's shoe. That's it. You know, it's you don't really have an opinion as much as you think you do. You probably don't. You probably don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, and I and I make most of my you know opinions based on you know the information that I've found. But it's okay not to have an opinion on things, and I think that that's something that's that's so funny that people oh. you have to have an opinion. Well, you know, I, I just don't. I don't necessarily have an opinion on it when it comes to abortion. I'm not a woman. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't been in some of these situations. Um, I can see and understand, you know, some of those situations I can empathize and that's about all I can do really. So it, you know, that's not an issue for me. I understand why it's an issue for some people, but you know, I don't really have to make a determination. I I don't think it's good, you know, obviously, but, but at some point, you know, maybe, uh, with all these variants, that maybe it's okay and maybe maybe it's just easier not to have government involved at all because when you do you have to make these determinations is it this trimester is it this 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 um and so you know as far as somebody being in that position i don't know what the best the best outcome for every person in every situation ultimately could be it's kind of like the, with the same thing with the you know if you say well you know you want to legalize drugs well you want to legalize heroin yeah, because um, people should be able to put things into their body and make decisions about their body, even though they're not the right decision. Um, when are you affecting just yourself if you do heroin? Well, you're probably affecting your family. You know, people are like, well, you're not hurting anybody. Well, maybe you are. Maybe you're hurting your parents. Maybe you're hurting your children. Maybe you're hurting your wife, your spouse. You're hurting, you may be hurting 10, 15 other people besides yourself. So during an oh, abortion, how many yeah. people you you may be hurting this this potential life or current life form that's inside of you, but that just starts you start going into the ether, you know, oh. when you get into these conversations, and oh. and so it's like, well, I just don't think a bunch of old uh, Republicans and or Democrats. Uh, mind you, are going to find a perfect solution for every person there. So you have to decide what government does, what it should do, and that's that's what you know I look at. Okay, when you, you have the the SNAP, the, the the Federal Food Assistance Program, people are like, oh, the oh, people SNAP. SNAP, people yeah. are just spending this this money on junk food, and these kids are getting food stamps to you know for mountain dew and energy drinks we need all these new laws to prohibit what you know people can use it for because it's being used wrong or it's being well you know yeah you can create a gestapo and all of these new rules and then you know well you can't buy energy drinks okay well now the government has to define what the hell an energy drink is you know now the government has to have some gestapo to figure out okay Red Bull, you're an energy drink. Naked fruit juice, you're not. You're healthy, even though you're full of crap and sugar. <laughs> okay, yeah. but you're it's good like, and you're bad and you're um, on. The, and of course, all of those companies want to be on those lists, so they're going to bribe or you know lobby to be on whichever side because they want people with food stamps to buy their crap over some other you know product, or maybe they're going to buy out those other products and they want to know. Which way the FDA or SNAP program is going to oh, go? Oh yeah, it's, it's like so before you just, you, you oh, just yeah. think about it, you start it blows your mind when you hear people. Would well, they just need to stop that? 
okay, well, yeah. okay, come up with a plan. If you, how much, how much money do you want to spend regulating money that you're giving to poor people? How much do you want to spend? What kind of Gestapo do you want to have? Do you want to piss test them monthly? Do you want to spend millions of dollars on that? How much do you want to to spend to to to, to vet whether or not they deserve that money? If they've tried hard enough, if they've gone to enough job interviews, how many people do you want to pay to to monitor that? You know, you get in. That's government. <laughs> that's and that's why I find a lot of people are disinterested in it and just have these like slogans. Like you said, well, you've got an opinion, but you probably don't because you you, you just. I get it all the time with calls to my radio show when I, I I choose to take them. Well, you think this and this is a really black and white issue. It's like, yeah, you know, people shouldn't shouldn't do heroin. I don't think they should. But when you stop them or when you try to do these kind of things to control what people put into their bodies, then then you're gonna have you're gonna have you know a police state. You're gonna be putting people. You know, because if they don't do what you want them to do, the end result is you've got to incarcerate them. You've got to punish oh, yeah. all these people. So oh, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> got to punish them. Oh no, them. exactly. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If you, a really fun uh, exercise for, to do with people, uh, if you're at the the cafe, the wine bar, whatever. You know, if you're out and about, or you have friends over for a dinner party, and it may turn violent. Maybe don't do it at home. But something you can do a great exercise is hey. How would you fix some of these problems in the world, let's say like homelessness, if you couldn't use laws and the violence of the state? Yeah. You know, what what if you couldn't use violence? What if you couldn't use fear and power? What if you couldn't use the SWAT team? You know, how would you fix these problems? Now you have to actually think, not just, you know, be a damn totalitarian asshole. Right. (laughs) Now now you have to convince people that you're right. And and that's what it comes down to when I talk about, you know, anything. It's like deep down inside I'm very humbled because there are billions of people on planet earth my opinion's just one and your opinion doesn't really matter unless you put together a plan you get other people to to invest themselves in that plan if you want to be a crusader and and you want to change something in society and I haven't really found anything in my personal life that that I want to change so much other than you know countering and getting people to think that's that's my big thing okay you've heard what CBS, you've heard what NBC has put out there, and um, maybe you should consider this, and you know, let people make that decision. Okay, you know, hey, this this guy, he has a, an alternative viewpoint. You know, he makes some great points. Okay, great. Then then maybe you know, it's not compelling at all, but at least you gave it a chance. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like, how can you listen to Rush Limbaugh and NPR in one hour? Pretty easily uh. because I'm driving around and. You know, Rush Limbaugh makes great points about the the political infrastructure. He makes great points about how the Democrat and Republican hierarchy works and understanding, you know, party politics, which is to a lot of people. But I find it interesting. But at the same time, NPR brings you uh, brings your attention to a lot of, you know, environmental issues. Uh, Yeah, they do have a lot of stuff. That's very, you know, liberal tinted, but there's plenty of other things that are there that, uh, you know, I think are valuable and uh, informative, you know, and so I appreciate a lot of their their uh, podcasts, even though I disagree with like 35 percent of it. And I think, you know, that's what 
that's what's lacking and maybe that's what people need more of you find people that are so angry or because they feel so attacked you know that people are telling them they're under attack you're under attack you're all the time the the, the media is telling you the you know your culture's under attack your your homeland's under attack isis is gonna kill your kids there's people after you and so people get so so bent up in it that to hear anything to counter just drives them nuts and you know i think that you know to to really to evolve or to to even get into these kind of conversations you have to be willing to to listen and to to uh you know engage in in discourse and that's that's hard you know that for a lot of people it's frustrating for me sometimes listening to people but you know that that you know just have these these you know, embedded ideas and beliefs oh. that, you know, sometimes are, are, are just emotionally based. Oh, I, I, I like that embedded ideas, you know, kind of like a hard coded embedded, you know, uh, little set of instructions, little operating system on a computer chip. You know, it's not editable. It's just going to read only. It can only do certain things. It's very, it, it's really like the reptilian part of the brain, like the brain that a snake has. Um, if you look at like those arguments and having that kind of an opinion, that like wedge issue based opinion, it's that. So if you ever watch uh, a snake, it's funny. But if, if you watch reptiles, they can be quite uh, enlightening. Where they'll fight off like a bird from coming and getting their eggs, but this like other type of bird comes and, and eats the eggs right in front of it, and it just looks at it and just all the eggs get eaten. Then it and it it it, it slithers, slithers, slithers off. Because it didn't have the programming to know to like defend its eggs from this other kind of bird that it had never experienced before. And I think that's one of the issues. Like, I think embedded systems is a great word for a lot of people's political views or, or worldviews. Just an embedded kind of reptilian system. This basic, basic like reactionary programming to certain events, to certain buzzwords. But you know, what happens when they hear something or a question gets asked them that doesn't fit into their embedded system? They just can't they literally they can't process it. They can't deal with it. Well you see it with religion. I mean uh, there's lots and of they get angry. That, yeah, there's lots yeah. of people that are Christian simply because their parents were Christian. They were raised Christian. And that's fine if you're Christian and that's that you know, I was raised Methodist and um you know at the point where I was going to become a member of the church, I said, you know, I, I'm I'm still kind of on the fence, and uh, you know, I, I enjoyed all of the the parables, the proverbs, the singing. I enjoyed all of the stories and the the metaphors and the the life lessons that you get from the Bible. I really do. I mean, because you know, you, you learn about how you know tax collectors are the bad guys. <laughs> the state is the <laughs> the people that you got to watch out for. They're coming for you. The tax collectors, like Zacchaeus. You know, there's a lot of great things that you can glean from from the Bible. I mean, lots of great, great, great stories. King Solomon, all of these these uh, you know people that play in all of from David, David and Goliath. I mean, I, I appreciate all these stories. How accurate are some of them? I think some are probably more accurate than others. Just like most things that have been you know put passed down for thousands of years and translated through lots of Bibles. So, you know, I'm not anti-Christian. But I'm critical of those that, uh, you know, that uh, the, the book itself as far as the interpretations and how literal or metaphorical people, you know, take those. And so, you know, but you'll find people 
that believe in a God, you know, that believe in something that they've never seen, uh, that they can never prove that has intervened in their life. And basically, ultimately, it becomes, you know, blind faith that that is real. And it, it can even that belief empower them to do such great things around the world, <laughs> to do things in their communities. I mean, churches do great great works all over this country you know my my father-in-law when his house burnt down uh, a few years back in a forest fire uh, that happened in uh, Bastrop County just outside of Austin um, the Mennonites came and helped him saw down all these trees uh, clear his land Uh, he had a couple acres out there and uh, you know they were there they were there before FEMA they were there before the government they were they were you know, willing to help and they wanted nothing in return. So when you see like that, how that, that is inspiring because that's the power of people and the power of belief and, and how it can empower you to do things that are so virtuous, but that is a huge amount of power. It can also, those kind of embedded systems can also, uh, oh, you know, definitely I've, not be I've, so, so virtuous. And definitely, I've seen their, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen their machete work. Yeah. It, it, doesn't, oh, yeah. it, it doesn't always go so well. No, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, that's the kind of the, the power of, of faith that people have. And so there's a faith. There's a lot of people that have faith oh. in in the New York Times. There's a power and a faith in in the liberal media. There's a power and a faith in Fox News that a lot of people have. And so there are these embedded systems that, when you counter them, uh, it, it becomes almost it, it, uh, they have an emotional response to that. So you know, I'm just I, I think that being slightly passive aggressive with my thoughts and uh, you know just kind of that, that I, I just kind of counterpunch when it comes to to politics and my day to day life and and I think I do that with the site. You know, if you, if you want to know what I'm thinking, that's really why I created Blacklisted News in the first place. Was that you know when I got out of the military in uh, 2001, got out of the Navy and. You know, I was really somebody who was caught up in a lot of uh, cognitive dissonance. That's where you kind of have these parallel opposing views in your mind. You know, I, I, I saw a lot of what was happening in the military and the, 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 the virtuosity the, uh, the, 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 uh, was lacking and that it was really business. You know, we're out here protecting oil wells in the middle of the Adriatic. Uh, this is to... to um, you know, support the stock market to support U.S. interest allies. I mean, I, 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 I understand the business point of it, but not everything that we were doing was great. Not everything that uh, happened in Kosovo with the uh, bombing of the the, 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 the the people there, you know, and the ousting of uh, Milosevic was, was uh, very honorable. And... You know, when I, I found that when you questioned the U.S. military, when you talked with people, they found they had this this indoctrination or this this faith, uh, this uh, emotional oh. response. And so, oh. you know, I really got out of the when I got out of the military, I became more and more politically aware, more interested uh, in in politics and where my my tax dollars were going. And I realized, you know, there's just not a lot of especially in the early 2000s, not a lot of online content 
that was countering the, the media. You, you knew that there was a lot more happening out there. That there was even, you know, AP, Reuters, mainstream media outlets that were reporting really interesting things that I thought was really important that uh, were just not part of your, your five o'clock news bite. Uh, you just weren't hearing a lot of discussion of it. So, you know, I built Blacklist of News as a way to kind of, you know, highlight news that I thought was interesting that I wanted to share with my friends and family. Hey, check this out. It was kind of a repository for news articles and stories that I had found, uh, you know, kind of in a almost hobbyish manner that I thought were worth later discussion with, uh, you know, the people that were close to my, my family and friends. And now that, you know, just became more and more people found blacklisted news and uh, uh, the rest is kind of history as far as, you know, people that 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 are the the information network that supports us. You know, all the people that give us tips that send all sorts of news bites feeds uh, to us. Um, yeah, the qu- definitely question I have is like, what's a day in the life of of like running blacklisted news. So we know kind of why you started it, kind of know your history before. And so it seems like you didn't, you didn't start it initially as anything other than just kind of a notepad where you were keeping stuff, like articles that you thought were interesting. They kind of got behind the MSM. Of course, a lot of them are just articles that were, you know, in some cases created by the mainstream media, but they were good. And so uh, did it surprise you when, it started getting, you know, uh, organic traffic that wasn't just your friends and family. And uh, like, what's a day in the life look like running it? And also, I'd ask a little, little one more question: is um, if if it did pay all the bills, would you do it full time, or is doing or or would you know doing blacklisted news full time really not be fulfilling? Well, yeah. Well, I, I guess it is somewhat surprising. But- because so many people did find it and uh, in a short amount of time we were able to really kind of uh, grab a huge niche of uh, you know readers that that uh, were I guess more conspiracy tinted you know we do have a lot of stuff that is definitely um, you know we were talking about Pizzagate I mean you know uh, the, the 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 Franklin files um, the Franklin cover-up uh, that is you know mainstream news uh, the, the the there are elite pedophile rings. Uh, just look at uh, people like uh, uh, Gary Glitter, and uh, I'm trying to think of his name now. He's just a horrific person. Uh, the 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 BBC star. Uh, he's a he had a kids show. Anyway, just this horrific guy, and, and the the constant deluge of. Uh, news about these these cover-ups at the bbc uh knowing and abetting these different pedophiles uh, that that uh has gone on the police cover-ups so there's definitely a huge story happening there um but it's uncomfortable a lot of people don't want to talk about it and where it leads uh to uh you know people in government i mean we saw this this uh anderson cooper uh MSN 360 or Anderson Cooper 360 interview uh, a few years ago talking about how the Department of Defense and the Pentagon had so much uh, so many people inside of it accessing uh, child pornography that it was creating this huge security risk so these stories are not 
crazy or conspiratorial. They're just very controversial, and uh, they they shake and rattle people at the core. They rattle me at the core. And so um, there are people out there that remember these stories, that remember Boys Town, what happened, uh, the, 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 the Reagan-Bush uh, uh, male prostitute ring, that uh, the, the male prostitutes. So there's lots of people that, that uh, have been kind of aware of what's happening and, and, and only being talked about in, uh, the, I guess, the conspiracy genre. Yeah, you like um, the alternative media is kind of what that morphed into, and now there's some other, I guess, divisions in the alternative media, which you have the the alt right. That really is a thing. <laughs> you have the alt right. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I guess it is. I mean, you see people that are probably displaying and using that terminology. Maybe uh, people like you know Alex Jones now fall into that. Um, hmm. But for me, um, you know, to, it, it's it's. Uh, it's a pretty big organization in that there's a lot of contributing writers. Uh, Kurt Nimmo uh, writes for us. We have a couple other paid uh, uh, writers that uh, publish news on blacklistednews.com. As a senior editor, I have to, you know, review and uh, come up with, uh, you know, different different. Uh, uh, topics or different news items that that we want to cover. So some of the journalistic, I guess, direction has to come from me. I have to deal with uh, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, overhead, but the majority of my day is looking at news feeds and uh, trying to figure out what is the most interesting uh, and uh, pertinent informative stuff that we can put out on the website on a daily basis that not only garners interest from our readers but is um you know as as uh, george orwell said you know that the the news business or journalism rather is publishing stuff that people do not want you to and anything else is really just public relations. And so that's mm. that's what we do. We, if if I look at it, if it's something – and beyond that, I mean, we do have a lot of stuff that's that's interesting and more scientific stuff that I find of personal interest. And, uh, you know, maybe that's the recipe for success. I still drive 90% of the, the news on a daily basis. I still handpick it daily. I don't pay – people in India to, to figure out what we're going to post on the website <laughs> or have some kind of algorithm. It is, uh, you know, hand-picked, hand-choiced uh, articles that uh, that we publish, and I still do that. And I spend about four to five hours a day uh, publishing news and, and uh, looking at news, reading news, uh, doing some of the other things that we do to kind of, uh, you know, uh, prep the, the, pot, the weekly podcast that I was unable to do this week because I've just been so under the weather. But, um, you know, so that that garners at least, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day for the, the, the Sunday one-hour show. So, I mean, I would say about, you know, four to, to six hours a day uh, actually on the site. You know, and I think that it's probably pretty much a full work day for most most people. You know, you take your hour lunch, you you, <laughs> you work a yeah. little bit before and after, and uh, you know, you have a, a few breaks there in between. But um, yeah, it's definitely a full time business. Would I ever completely um, just do that as a sole source of income? You know, one of the big problems that we have today is that we have. Unfortunately, just a few different 
models for uh, news revenue. Um, you can take donations, and when people pay you, the, you know, one of the, my favorites and what I use for the podcast, which is only semi-successful, wouldn't be successful if I needed to pay bills with it, but it's the value-for-value value model. Uh, that's one that, that I have uh, uh, taken from the uh, Adam Curry and uh, Dvorak, John Dvorak over at uh, the No Agenda podcast, and that's where if you value the show or you value the content, you value the information, you contribute it's commercial free and there for you so you know we don't get a lot of donations so we have to deal with advertising advertising is one of those things that uh, it's changing um to, to 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 get a lot of money from it you, you have to have pretty annoying ads uh things that the people don't like so that's one of the things i really have to balance is uh you know how much advertising is too much what's acceptable to me what i think is appropriate and you know you have to consider everything you know as far as you know the the amount of bandwidth your users are going to have to use to pop your page with all these flash banners and other crap that that people are not there for you know uh, that's the balance with with providing media you have really successful uh, journalistic operations like Financial Times, one of the few that actually have a firewall and they charge people, uh, you know, a weekly, a daily, a monthly fee, annual fee for their content. Um, but, but you really have to create a lot of valuable content and have not only maybe even hundreds of thousands, but millions of readers to to make that uh, somewhat somewhat valuable and monetizable. Um, you know, I'm out with the overhead. They probably had the Financial Times. Um, they're one of the few sites. The Wall Street Journal also does that. So I guess my long answer <laughs> to whether or not it's, you know, you just, uh, there's just not enough revenue that I can generate and feel good about and balance to, to uh, you know, be able to provide for myself and, and uh, my wife and two kids currently, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people that, that do, you see alternative media, not just, you know, people that run websites, but, you know, uh, people that are trying to, to make a, a livelihood out of it become pretty, pretty bitter, <laughs> pretty bitter, pretty quickly. Mm. And uh, it's one of the things I don't want to do, be bitter about it. I, I really enjoy it. I don't do it for the money, um, but we do put so much work into it that if there was no revenue, it would be hard to to justify it all i mean the revenue does justify in small part some of the the uh the time that it takes away from your family it takes away from everything else when it's not your primary job if it's your primary job then you know you most families most people can you know get around that hey that's what you do for work daddy's got to go to work right but when it's something you know this becomes this has become something that's become more of a hobby in my free time. People are like, what do you do in your free time? Well, in my free time, I'm running my website. <laughs> I'm not regularly working. So that becomes like a, you know, a hobby, which, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess as far as hobbies, it's one that keeps me out of the street at night and doesn't, doesn't cost me lots of money. You know, other hobbies I have like smoking cigars and, uh, you know, traveling, camping, going out and uh, eating, those kind of things. Those, oh, yeah. <laughs> those cost money, whereas blacklisted news does not. It just deprives, you know, it's, it's, 
you know, unfortunately, we just have only so much time, you know, here on planet Earth. That's why I don't do a whole lot more with the podcast right now. And and I would love to is because we we just have, you know, finite amount of time to to generate the resources that we need to, to live comfortably oh. um, and to to, you know, that's. That's why you, you you were talking about earlier. You're like, well, you know, I just haven't had time to form an opinion. You know, there's lots of things yeah. I have not had time to form an opinion on uh, currently that I will probably retouch later in life. Yeah, I would always encourage people to <clears throat> definitely make it a priority and take time to live life. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it's rather short, especially as you get a little older. It just it just seems like you've, you know, you look back and go, "Wow, I wish I had done more." Everybody wishes that, or maybe you don't, but it's like, yeah, uh, don't waste your time on too many opinions. Uh, live, yeah. So that I mean. In the end, the idea of working, whatever we're doing, is to basically buy ourselves life. You know, so. Don't miss it. Oh, yeah. I would ask. Yeah, here's one like a little not even off topic, but so who was Doug Owen as a teenager? Like I, I'm wondering, like, like, were you a normal kid as a teenager? Like or or was Doug Owen kind of always Doug Owen? Were you always like aware of and, ser- and searching out like the deeper stories to things like it, it seems like you must have always been. I, I imagine Doug Owen as a teenager being the, the contrarian he is now. Or did it come yeah. later? Yeah, you know, I think I'm just a kind of a cynic. My, my father was as well. You know, I'd be, you know, uh, watching some some commercial on TV. He's like, "Yeah, you're a sucker. Don't be a sucker." And I realized real early, you know, that that being gullible is is uh, not the way to be in life. And uh, you know, when I started looking, I think a lot, you know, really my wake up call was kind of the counterculture. I saw people being put in jail for smoking pot, and I thought. You know, how ridiculous is that? You know, it's a plant and, you know, regardless of whether or not you do it, it's just, it seems so, so uh, authoritarian. You know, you can't smoke pot. You can't smoke this plant. And then when I started researching and I realized, hey, this is a great alternative to using, you know, trees for for paper and, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the other things that, that, that were hugely beneficial you know, that, that was one of the many things that I think that when I was a teenager that made me think, hmm, maybe the state's not always the, 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 the it, you know, things aren't always the way they are because it's the best or that it's the most fair. They're the way that they are because because they're not, <laughs> because it's not the fairest, because people do have agendas. Things are like this because... You know, we, we, we didn't have a lot of information uh, and that people weren't kind of gullible, that people were easily manipulated. That and, and, and a lot of that, I think, was, you know, watching, you know, like 1920s pro-war propaganda movies. I had a couple of history teachers that uh, really touched upon the JFK assassination, that touched upon the the you know the, the 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 aftermath of World War II and kind of showed me some of those insights into how to how things you know have 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 kind of manifested today and so I, I think I try to you know the cognitive dissonance as I was talking about well I try to put all that behind me and get very patriotic and behind be behind the uh, the American flag and do something for my country and try to learn how to be more patriotic. And that's why I joined the military. It's why I joined the Navy because I wanted to find a, a, you know, a trade, a skill to learn things, to travel the world and to, to, uh, 
to, to do something that I thought people would be proud of because it symbolized something that was really, really good. You know, because you always hear about, you, you see the love of fest, you know, that today's December 7th. Uh, it marks the, the the anniversary of Pearl Harbor, the attack on oh, Pearl yeah. Harbor, and the this this outpouring, this religious love for people in the military. And so I said, well, you know, I want to be part of something good. I'm looking for you know something good to do in my life, and maybe I should do that. And so, um, but being there, I started you know kind of questioning a lot of these things once again, you know, because I I I'd always you know had these these parallel or or countering opinions and uh, questions about the validity of religion and the validity of the state and the validity of the laws that were being put on people uh, or you know lorded over the people and the validity of those those people that were in jail so i, I think ultimately my father taught me to be a skeptic he taught me to watch out for charlatans and that those charlatans are also in government those charlatans are also you know your mayor those charlatans are also people out there and that people will take you on a ride you know he we'd go to carnivals when i was a kid and he would say ah you know the carnies gotta watch out for these guys this this is all rigged (laughs) all these games these are all rigged and they're designed to suck your money and that really stuck with me and that, and you know, and that's kind of the way I, I view the government. It's a big carnival. It's a big show. It's got lights. It's got stuff to distract you on TV. It's got all sorts of cool stuff. And there's music in the background. But at the end of the game, uh, at the end of the day, you feel like you're you're in control of this game. But really, it's rigged. It's rigged, and it's it's designed. And even if you do beat the game, you figure it out. By the time you figured it out, you've spent so much money. And then once you get the prize. You realize, well, you know, I could have just bought this freaking teddy bear. That's two dollars. It's made in China. You, you, you know, you you realize that you have, you've you've been taken for a ride, and and I guess that's okay sometimes as long as you're enjoying yourself. But oh. uh, but 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 you know, it's kind of a, it's a definitely an analogy for for what what it is to uh, you know get into politics and into into uh, you know kind of the discourse of uh, modern day life here on planet earth is that uh, you know you kind of have to deal with those things that uh, you have to see through it and oh yeah yeah so yeah. so that's that's how I was I was uh, very skeptical and I, I still am so you 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 went to the carnival and there was some of those nice uh, games you can play there at the carnival and there was this clown standing behind one of the booths and he's like hey throw these darts at these balloons and um you'll win this prize you know and you kind of looked at it and you watch other people and it just seemed like somehow this whole thing was rigged where you couldn't win and so doug owen just didn't even bother you know, no, maybe I, I, I take it for a ride a few times. You gotta get taken for a ride. I mean, and that, and that's okay. You know, we all get taken for a ride. Of, there's plenty of uh, political, uh, you know, candidates that that oh. I thought were really great at the time, and you know, I figured that you know they took me on a ride. There's plenty of, you know, there's just lots of things that you every day oh. you find something else that. And that, oh. that 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 that's what makes me humble. It's like, oh, you know, I totally believe this thing forever, and now I find out that it's not even true. Uh, and uh, you know, that's 
that's what's hard for a lot of people. And I think well, that's that's part of wisdom. I mean, that's the thing. That's part of you know living for a while and gaining some wisdom if a person's lucky. Is like I know I realize like right now I have no doubt. In fact, I know as a fact. I don't know what they are, but I I know there are things that I believe that are not true. Probably. It, Probably. You know what I mean? It's I guarantee it. And so sure. and everybody's that way. And if you've lived long enough and you gain a little bit of wisdom, you realize, hey, you know, it's just you get taken for a ride. You believe that things that aren't falls. true. Yeah. 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 And and sometimes you got to fall for things hard, you know, and then you finally realize, oh, my God, you know, well, it's I, like I, the best one I think of is my mom would always tell me if you touched a baby chick or a baby bird that the mother would smell you on it and she would kill the baby or leave it there. <laughs> And this is just a really nice way to get you to not touch the dang dirty bird that might have rabies or something that had fallen in the yard. But I believe that, and probably into my 20s, maybe even my 30s, that, yeah, that the bird's going to smell you on the chick and it's not going to pick it up and put it back into the uh, into the nest. So don't touch it. Don't touch it. And I remember really, oh, oh don't want to touch that bird. And then. I told somebody that, and they're like, dude, that is the biggest crock ever. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then I, I Googled it, and then voila, it's like, oh, this is a famous wives' tale. And you're like, really? I bought that forever? Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's like, you know, as a parent, I, I think about it all the time. It's like, well, you know, people ask me, well, what, what are you going to tell your kid about Santa Claus? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just going to be honest. It's this, in my mind, it's a spirit. The, the, the spirit of Christmas kind of personified. That's what it is. When you get a present from Santa Claus, he didn't really come in and turn off your alarm system and leave some <laughs> presents for you and read your mind or read, you know, because the, you know, they, that's just a weird story to like try to explain to kids and then to unexplain why you told them that. So, you know, it's quite simple. I just try to simplify things. Hey, we're just going to tell them it's the spirit of Christmas. And it's funny because some people feel like that's the absolute right thing. Don't lie to your kids. Kids, your kids will never be able to trust you if you lie to them. And then some people think you're robbing your children of their childhood. You're robbing them mm. of this rite of passage to to enjoy these things. And and so you know maybe both people are right in a certain ex, in a certain sense. But you know I'm just going to go with what I feel more comfortable with. I'm going to say you know let's just be honest. Let's just talk about it because that's the way I feel most people should be. Hey, you know what? We made some mistakes. Let's just be honest about it, okay? You, you screwed up, okay? So let's just move forward. If we can't recognize the mistakes that we've made and you know atone for them at least somewhat or at least apologize for them, then you can't really go forward. And that's really where you know I see a lot of like Hillary Clinton. She was just one of these people that you know did so many things wrong. You know what happened in Libya, what happened with uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> With, with Iraq and, and all the other things that she had her handprints on. She couldn't just say, hey, you know, yeah, I didn't I, I didn't think it would turn out that way. I just, you know, we, we had a good plan and we thought we were going to do the right thing. It just turned out bad. And, and, and I'm really sorry for that and I really do care. If I would have heard that from somebody like her, then, you know, I would be, I, you know, she's human. I understand. But it was when people, you know, just cannot accept that they've ever made this mistake. Well, Never. That's being a narcissist. Yeah. yeah, well, that that that's like narcissistic personality disorder, which I think most politicians have. You know, I mean, so they, that I I don't know if they have empathy. We, we demand all. it. We demand that they are like these. These sacrosanct, perfect people that have never made it and if they've ever done anything wrong. The problem is, or I guess the, the 
you know, one thing you can say about the Trump presidency is that people said, you know, you can say nasty things and it's fine. Okay, yeah, you can do things in it in your past, and we're not we're gonna forget forgive those things because we just hate this lady so much. And and forty six percent of Americans said we hate both of these people, even Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, <laughs> even if they knew about them. I'm not gonna vote for any of these people. It doesn't even matter. They both are horrible, or they're not worth my time. The the difference between the two is not worth my time to go down there. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the people are, I, I think starting to, 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 to try to get away from that because we have this, this un, I think collectively we have this unreasonable expectation for a godlike savior to be in, in government. And you find these people that, you know, that, that are perfect. They never done anything wrong. They never had, there's no pictures of them ever partying or drinking in high school. They never smoked pot. They never had premarital sex. They never did anything weird when they were in the boy Scouts with another boy. They never did anything ever, (laughs) ever, ever, ever. That was kind of, kind of, you know, somewhat weird. And that's weird. You know, (laughs) that you think that, you know what? This guy's never done anything. Never has history of ever having fun. I'm going to elect him to be my representative. Why would you do that? Why would you elect somebody that that is nothing like you to to be your representative? So I don't know. Uh, yeah. The the expectations uh, seem to be a little bit. But people have said, hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna accept this this guy Donald Trump. And even though he's kind of he's orange and he's got a weird hairdo that looks like a you know a crazy spin around toupee thing and uh he's got a, an obvious hot trophy wife from uh not the united states <laughs> i don't know where she's from sounds like she's from the the eastern Bloc somewhere that's a slovakia or something um yeah we're, we're and he's got two pretentious rich kids but you know what this is still better than hillary clinton and bill clinton we're gonna just go with this guy you know that is that's kind of revolutionary that that enough you know millions of people would say you know this guy I don't know he seems like he might it might be a better we might be better off going with this guy who's a reality well, TV star than we will with Hillary Clinton and, you know and and, and I was I it definitely um, I I understand that that viewpoint it's it's tough because uh, well I wonder so it seems like. During the election cycle, there was lots of propaganda, disinformation, distraction like crazy. And now that uh, Trump is president, I mean, definitely he was not the mainstream well, media's pick. Yeah, so he's not pre- he's not president yet. Maybe <laughs> they'll still maybe like California will break off and they'll recount all the states, whatever. So possibly, but I look at it like if Texas hasn't had the balls to secede, California definitely will not. So I don't even worry about it. Okay, um, good. But Me like uh, it's gonna break off yeah. into the ocean anyway. Yeah, yeah, and then it'll yeah, and arguably be a good or bad thing in both. But no, so, no, no, oh, just bad. kidding. No. Anyway, it, it, if it broke off slowly and everyone could like run, maybe it'd be better. But anyway, so <laughs> I, I wonder, ah, you have time for max, yeah. uh, mass exodus and everybody can exactly. run to the other side, or just yeah. hang out there and just live it up. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> there you go. There'd be uh, a lot. There'd about, be a lot more oceanfront real estate if you think about it. There, just new oceanfront real estate. Right. Yeah. I, I do wonder – so do you think with all the vitriol, with all the extreme mainstream media bantering about Trump, like – and yet he still won. It does show how out of touch the mainstream media is. It kind of – I've kind of realized yeah. maybe their their power is waning a little bit because, man, they were behind Hillary to such an extent and Trump won. And it just makes me wonder, do you think that uh, – They pushed people 
too far. <laughs> People are Did tired of far? giving everybody a trophy, and they're starting to see some of the results of these these. Uh, you know, I, I I hate to say it, but people like myself and this Generation X that have, you know, kind of bought into the, uh, uh, I don't know, like competition's bad, that we don't want capitalism, that we want some kind of, you know, equity for all, that, that somehow the government's going to give us this equity. And oh. people are starting to see that. They're starting to say, well, you know, things aren't really equal, you know, some people win, some people lose, you know, and. Life well, isn't fair. Life isn't fair. <laughs> you know, some people get a better hand in life and some people don't. Some people are great looking. You're a hot woman, okay? You have a lot better potential than a fat, ugly woman. You know, if you have a lisp, it's harder than if you don't have a lisp to get jobs in radio. There's things that are, uh, you know, that they're... They're inherent struggles that we all have to deal with. And, yeah, it's great to, to, to try to embrace diversity. I think, you know, it's great to to, 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 to meld with other cultures and to, to come up with your own cultures and to create your own, your own culture. Those things don't bother me. I know a lot of people feel offended. Oh, don't mess with culture. Okay, well, you know, somebody else's culture had to be, you know, melded into your culture. It's just when it happened and how long ago and – whether or not you like it, but um, you you have you have a lot of people that I think have just started to call shenanigans on all of this bullcrap that has been fed to us, and they're like, you know, I mean, those things sound great. And yeah, everybody should get an equal chance. Oh. You should get an equal chance, but we're not all equal. We're not equal. You know, that's why you know, my buddy always says, uh, you know, uh, God didn't create us equal. That's why Cult 45, you know, something, I forget what that shouldn't quote him but you know like basically guns make us all equal you know some of us are taller stronger uh quicker you know but you know a gun is an equalizer when it comes to to the battlefield and that that's that, yeah that, that that's true i mean you know technology and your smarts you know your brain today outweighs maybe your brawn of yesteryear you know people could your, your physical labor is not valued as much as your mental labor now um, so things are different, uh, but they're definitely not equal. Uh, somebody could probably get a lot farther with physical strength, you know, 30, 40 years ago than somebody could today compared to to mental strength. And beyond that, even beyond mental strength, maybe it's social skills and your ability to, uh, you know, to, to, to work with people. So, you know, those kind of things might be more valuable than uh, and just having a good attitude. Things like that can have a lot more value than even skills, you know, or even, you know, technical skills. Um, oh, yeah. So it, 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 it's why in, I saw some study somewhere um, and uh, it. It was about like who men and women find sexy, and w- w- one of the sexiest things that women found uh, was actually Dilbert, <laughs> <laughs> Scott Adams. Because like like in in the world that many people live in, Dilbert is kind of he has his crap figured out. He's the survivor, you know. And it's like I, I'm not really proud of my world if that's the case, but still, you know, like. Uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, if if life is about survival to some extent, you know, what gives you the best chance at survival, and then past that, what what gives you the best chances to you know thrive and have a great life, and and that definitely has changed in the last fifty or a hundred or three hundred years. I mean, yeah, 
I mean, yeah. Big time. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, but uh, Dilbert's, uh, you know, a pretty example of somebody that's having to operate in this, you know, this uh, office environment and deal with with all of these different kind. You know, his boss. He's always you know, pointy trying, hair. Yeah. Yeah. He's always having to bring him back in from these crazy ideas, and he's playing this role, but he's not getting paid to be really the leader. But he's really the leader. I mean, you know. That's oh yeah, but that that's the kind of things that you have to transverse uh, in uh, you know modern day society. And so you know back to the the question I guess at hand was, you know, uh, uh, you know why has there been this, this rejection? I think it's because people have looked at results. You know everything everything sounds great. You got all these great ideas. You got all these uh, things that you know sound lovely, like equality for all. But that's not the reality here on planet Earth. You know, we 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 don't we don't have a fair shake. And even if you want it, as much as we try, it's still never going to be uh, a, a society where we don't have people that are winners and losers and people identify with, you know, winners. People want to win. They're tired of losing. And that was something that I think was this general message that so many people really resonated with, you know, We're tired of America being losers, tired of losing these trade wars, Try, tired of losing um, you know these these military wars. Tired of losing the, the the war on education. Tired of losing all of these things. We've we've got to start winning again. And people are like, yes, yes, yes. So were there so were there closet voters for Trump? Because I look at it like absolutely. I, I mean, I, how many I, people I think people how many people, people voted for him and didn't tell their families? I think. I, I mean, oh, plenty, plenty, plenty. Because yeah. Number one, you know, it was so unpopular. You didn't want to, you know, people like myself, yourself, probably don't want to tell everybody in your family when you're eating, you know, your turkey dinner and getting that conversation going because you love them and you don't want them to to, to Facebook unfriend you. You know, <laughs> yeah. my, my, I, I joked about it. I said, my next door neighbors are really nice black people. The guy works at the uh, Austin airport. Uh, I talk to him all the time. His name's uh, JC. He's actually from the same hometown that I'm from, just about 45 minutes from from where I live today. And uh, nice guy. Uh, he's got the same problems. That, you know, he's got a crazy wife, and uh, <laughs> she's demanding, and he's out there putting up Christmas lights. And I'm, you know, I was just, you know, talking to him the other day, and I'm like, yeah, man. I don't want to tell him that you know who I voted for or what what my politics are, you know. I don't even want to bring up Trump because I don't want to offend him. And and I find myself and you know I I thought about that. Would would even though I didn't want to I didn't vote for Trump and I didn't want to put a Trump sign in my front yard. I thought about man if I put up that Trump sign in my front yard, he's gonna think I'm racist, man. I don't have a lot of hair and uh, I'm white. <laughs> I'm male and and he's gonna think I'm a freaking skinhead. And, you know, even though, uh, you know, who knows, you, he, even though he may be a huge Trump fan, he might have been like, F Hillary, I love Trump. I don't even bring it up to him because, you know, I just don't want to even go there. But we don't have profound discussions about stuff. I, he's just he's oh, my next yeah. door neighbor. You know, you want you want your neighbor friendly, but you don't want him there at your house every day. You know, you don't want him too comfortable. So, you know, but. But I think about those things. I'm sure everybody out there has to be thinking about those things. And uh, lots of people, I think, voted for Trump 
who uh, would 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 not tell people that they would and would not tell pollsters and exit pollers or anybody else because they didn't want to be perceived as racist, xenophobic, homophobic, uh, misogynistic. I mean, all the other things, <laughs> racist, nationalist, uh, you know, monger, isolationist. Yeah. I mean, think about all the ists that are attached to, to Donald Trump by the mainstream media uh, because you, you can... You vote for him. That's basically you're condoning the rape of women. I mean, I've, I've heard so many crazy things oh, on the so TV. Oh, so much. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's like, really. If you voted for Donald Trump, you're a bigot, and you don't even know you're a bigot, but you're a hidden deep down inside bigot. And let me explain it to you. Fifteen <laughs> ways you hate women. If you voted for Donald Trump, you voted for rape and death, and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, like. Really? You sound so serious. Wow. You know, I was like, yeah, let me read you this article from moveon.org. You know, it's like how you're terrible. And yeah. And uh, if you listen to Trump's speeches, and I did not listen to a lot of them, but I mean, people did send them to me. And I listened to a couple of his, you know, rally speeches and all the accusations, at least according to the speeches that I've heard, I mean, they're just not there. You know, it's just one, once again, it's somebody having this opinion. What, like that, the, 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 that, the race riots that he was inciting and the yeah, you know, it's Hitler like, it's salutes just, and everything else that was going on? Yeah, it just, it just is not the case. At least I only probably listened to about five of his speeches, you know, and they just, I, I don't know. I mean, they they were pretty flaccid, if you ask me. They were He was just trying to sound like Reagan, and he kind of did, and he pulled it off. So we'll <laughs> see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Anybody who got too revved up and like, he's so horrible. And I'm like, well, so the option is a known war criminal, right? I mean, at least Trump hasn't had a chance to be a war criminal yet. You right. know, it's like. I mean, he may and, have killed some people. I, I wouldn't say that he hasn't. He might know where Jimmy Hoffa's buried, but I don't but, know that he's killed. But we're talking. Know, Five hundred thousand children, like you know, Madeline Albright. Yeah, I mean, like Trump may have like killed a, maybe a few dozen I mean, people, but he's not you like know, you know uh, Henry Kissinger yeah. or anything. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, Pen- you know, he hasn't made a pit of shame uh, mistake. He hasn't, you know, uh, uh, he hasn't gotten kickbacks by the Cambodia that make or the anything. Missiles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some people got ripped off with his like scammy Trump Trump college or whatever in Florida. And if and let me tell you this, if you gave your money to Trump college, you deserve to be scammed. You're one of those freaking people we were just talking about. That's just gullible. You you needed to be scammed by Trump college to figure out like don't like give your money to Ponzi schemes and, you know, like uh, filter salesmen and stuff like that. You know, all these people. That uh, you know, I mean, who would who? Okay, who drinks Trump wine? If you buy Trump wine, you you are <laughs> you are ridiculous. Who would buy that? Okay, he doesn't even drink. But I'm gonna buy a wine that that has his name on it. Okay, I would probably go to some of his golf courses and his his uh you know uh, uh, our. Yeah. Well, you know, is 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 uh, resorts. I mean, you know. Yeah. But but I'm not going to his freaking college. What were you thinking? We're going to learn the International Trump Institute of Business Technology. I mean, it's worse than DeVry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I just think about that. They're like, all these people were totally scammed by the Donald Trump College, and I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean. It sounds like a scam. It sounds like Amway. It sounds like something that's going <laughs> to... 
and I, you know, people are like, that's not a nice way to think about that, Doug. And I'm like, come on, come on. How much money was it? How much did you, you know, I guess he settled that. So he didn't have to go to court and, you know, they'd bring out all the, 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 the pretty scummy things that, you know, that this Trump college did. And I think he just really sold his name. It's like these wine companies were Trump wine. Okay, well, Trump just bought this and put his name on it. You know, he's become a brand, a TV yeah. reality star. And, I mean, you know, I, I think that really started with Reagan. I mean, Reagan was a, oh. an actor, and he was a Hollywood elite and an FBI uh, informer. And uh, he helped uh, McCarthy go after commies and, and the like. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, yeah, people are like, there's no way you're ever going to vote for some, for some uh, uh, you know, Hollywood actor type, you know, who, who has no political experience and has no understanding. I mean, and now the Republicans, you know, hail Reagan as a god, really. He's an archetype of, uh, you know, Republicanism, you know, the Reagan Republican. Um, you know, and, 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 and I'm hypercritical of Reagan, too. I don't think that he was this, you know, godsend that everybody else thinks. But um, he did preside over some pretty pretty interesting years and some of the things he did were better than others but you know i mean just say uh, no and uh you know uh, uh, stuff at, at least he <laughs> at least he had a little at least he had a little testosterone at least he was he was our last interesting president so maybe at least trump will be interesting i don't know maybe actors make interesting presidents at least um well i guess i would wrap it up because we've been talking for a while i just ask and um i'll just finish that thought but um, do you feel optimistic about Americans waking up to the fact they're being controlled and manipulated by the mainstream media? And if so, how do you see this unfolding? I mean, like, I feel that you probably are on the forefront. You're really on the edge of maybe being able to see that more than other people because of the website and because of your, your like blacklisted radio and such. I mean, and maybe the interaction you're having with people. I mean, does it seem like there's this like, is is there any hope of any kind of a mass awakening happening or should we just, you know, figure it's going to be business as usual and uh, be sure to have your storable food and your guns and your fallout shelter and your cellar full of, <laughs> you know, I mean, basically, like, like, what's your take on on uh, are people getting smarter or are we just or or, or what? Is, is there a direction at all? Really? No, I, I don't think there's going to be some mass awakening because there's always going to be people that are kind of gullible. There's always going to be people out there that are going to. You know, uh, you know, go to Trump College and uh, you know, be surprised when they find out it's a ripoff. There's going to be those kind of people, and um, you know, right. so there's always going to be a huge segment of the population that's just going to be disinterested with politics, period, and not see it for anything more than than uh, you know what it suits them in their own lives. And um, so, yeah, I mean. There's always going to be a huge contingent of people like you and I and all the listeners that do care that uh, are the people out there that that uh, you know find that to be more interesting. Politically aware people uh, are are interested. You know, small people talk about other people. Uh, moderately smarter people talk about issues, and uh, you know, really brilliant people put forth solutions and come up with ideas that uh, influence the world. And so. 
You know, I think you're always going to have that that tier of, of uh, people. I mean, there's 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 stuff for public consumption. The public uh, talks about things all day long. You know, like Trans-Pacific Partnership, perfect example. Hillary Clinton. We were just talking about her, and I'll wrap it up with this. But she has a public. She had a public and a private position. And I guess you probably have to on most things. There's something that you tell people uh, uh, in, to the public because you 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 know you're going to be you know almost hypercritically judged on those comments. There's going to be things that you you keep to yourself because you don't want them to know. You know that maybe you voted for Trump, things like that, and you're going to have you know this this this. Uh, you know the, the divergence between those those two things. I think that there's always going to be people that feel one way and say other things or don't say things. I think that when it comes to being, uh, you know, I, I just don't think that there's going to be some some crescendo where people are all going to see everything and understand it. I think more and more people are absolutely understanding that uh, the, the the big thing for me is that the solutions, you know, we have to judge those because those are what are being put out there. These are the things that we need to do to solve the problems. We Most people agree on problems that we have societally. What we don't agree on is what we should do to, to fix those and how much government should intervene. So um, I'm very hopeful. I think that there's plenty of d- dialogue going on. I, I wish more people would would come to the table and uh you know bring bring you know fresh fresh ideas and expert opinions to to really you know help guide that forward but you know as far as um you know information you know you either <laughs> you're either, it's going to take something for you know a lot of people to to to, to be that breaking point where they they finally you know, decide that they 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 need a new source, or maybe that that they're just not going to buy it anymore. And, and I think for every person, it's something different. You know, something that hits them on an emotional level. For me, it was being in the military, nine eleven, uh, two thousand eight, finding the financial crisis. Uh, there's different things that you know kind of triggered me to 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 kind of you know um, wake up to to different things or different issues that I needed to be aware of. I think that's 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 how it is for most people. So I don't I don't buy that there's going to be some huge moment where everybody's going to be like, "Whoa, we all see. <laughs> we all see what's going on now." It's going to be a progression and uh it, it it it's it's always it's always been that way. Oh yeah. Yeah, there there's not going to be a John Lennon moment, you know. I get it. I mean, there could be, you know, and, and it'd be nice if something did, but but but, but you know what would that be, and how horrific would it have to be? You know, <laughs> we need something that will destroy the planet before people figure it out. And even after that, people would be like, "What? What?" So, so I, I, I don't. I'm not one of those advocates for some kind of, you know, cataclysmic thing, something horrible to happen. I, I think that that's something that is almost romanticized by some. We need, oh yeah, we need the economy to just blow up and everybody lose everything that they have so that everybody will understand how crooked Bernanke and the Jenny uh, Miller and the Federal Reserve yeah. is. Rather not blow everything to pieces just to prove a point because, you know, people, I mean, how many how many of those people would get the point afterwards? You know? Well, 
arguably now i mean we're going like way out on a on, on a limb here but uh, uh well for many people uh, it, there's a an author um graham hancock and like some of his books like recently like fingerprints of the gods i think it is mm-hmm. i mean he really puts a lot of effort into documenting uh earth changes like cataclysms that have happened in the past sure. and these are like th- thousands of years ago and that you know humanity has kind of been wiped out and that in the past and that we actually don't necessarily know even what year it is. Like a lot of our ideas of what, uh, of the history that existed actually are false. So, I mean, it's some really eclectic and far out reading based on some good science. Uh, it's up to people to decide, but I, I would just say that there, there is a case to be made that there has been, you know, global cataclysms that wiped out humanity all but a few and well, as you can see, I don't know. Are we smarter than we were last cataclysm? If it happened, you know, it, we just recreate the same mistakes. So ultimately, I think humanity has to get wiser, and it would probably be a very, very slow process if it if if it actually happens and in a linear a curve thing. at all. <laughs> that could yeah. be a good thing, really, because I mean, you know, any any immediate rapid solution to things usually, uh, you know, is short sighted. And so it does take a long time to come to the best conclusions. You know, there's so many people like, we can easily fix this. And when you start, you know, we kind of talked about that earlier, you know, start going into the into the woods once you, you start, you know, thinking about what you really have to do to put in place this system that you think will, you know, solve these issues. And so, um, you know, one of the probably the best things, the saving grace is, you know, our system is slow to react and we we have... Uh, a lot of vested interests, not just the people in power. It's court companies, it's businesses, it is people, it's perception. So those things all do kind of play into to an overall decision. It's not always the right decision. A lot of times, more than not, it's probably the wrong decision. But that that process allows people to kind of digest it. You know, you don't want something where you have a, a, a dictator or a ruler. I mean, it's one of the great things, you know, as scary as Donald Trump may be. He's not a king. He's not a... He's not a emperor. He is the 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 executive of one third of our government, and that that we don't have a king in this country, and um, you know that's that's something that I think people now on the left should think about. You know, how much power do you want to give to the executive branch? How much power do you want to give to the president? Oh, you like giving Obama power because you thought he was a nice guy, but now there's not such a nice guy there. Uh oh, uh oh, we're giving him too much power. Well, it's not really Donald Trump your fear. It's the power that that the executive wields now that he's going to have. Um, so, so we 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 you know I think a lot of people are like, ooh, we gave Obama too much power because look now Donald Trump has it. Yeah, you're right. We shouldn't give him such such a such a power grab or let a you know a lot of power grab in the the executive branch and uh, giving these war powers an extraordinary, uh, um, you know. Uh, tools to somebody like Donald Trump. So, you know, some of the stuff that we saw over the last 15 years will probably people will be more critical of. Okay, you know, we need to think about this now. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're like was you know, some of us were saying we need to think about this with George Bush. Well, you know, well, oh, when yeah. Obama comes in, he'll do this. Well, you know, well, but it doesn't matter if he has all these spying powers because he's a nice guy. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, it's frustrating for a lot of people including most of the oh, listeners yeah. because it does seem to be such a ebb and flow and a back and forth. But, uh, you know, um, 
I, I wouldn't be having children if I wasn't optimistic, but you know, I, I am very pessimistic as to, um, you know, how this all turns out for, for a lot of people. You know, I, I think the optimism is that, you know, if you can, you can find throughout history, people have thrived. Certain populations and civilizations, civilizations have thrived, but not everybody on planet Earth thrived, and not every person under an oppressive government has thrived. And you know, the people that have 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 been able to 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 live well on planet Earth had to be, you know, pretty pretty amenable. Tough. Yeah, you had to be <laughs> yeah. tough, and you had to be resourceful, and you had to you had to be pretty smart. You know, and, oh. and figure out. You know when you know some people know when to get out of the stock market. Some people know when to get in. Oh. You know you got to know when to get out of the country. Know when to get in. That oh, kind of it's, stuff. It's it's it, it's always been the cunning to me who seemed to make it because oh like like Dan Carlin, Hardcore History, his whole like yep. Artillery, uh, uh, no, no Genghis Khan series. You know yep. where Genghis Khan and his army would go and wipe out entire cities. And I always thought like you didn't see him coming like. <laughs> No, like like, like how many people made made a run for it who saw him coming? Those are the people who made it through history. Those are our ancestors. So, I mean, some pretty smart people, you know, survive some pretty crazy stuff so that we're here. And I just would I hope that we just that we don't degenerate. I hope we just all get more cunning. That's my hope, basically. You know, well, that's that's kind of the point of your show to rewild. Well, you know, really wild. I know. I know you got to go. I got to go. And I think we covered some amazing ground tonight. We, we 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 hit topics like you don't have to have an opinion. Thinking is good. Uh, blind faith <laughs> has pros and cons. And embedded systems don't belong in your brain. And hey, closet Trump voters, thanks a lot. We'll see how this turns out. <laughs> that's that's you know? about it in a nutshell, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a short version of the podcast tonight. Well, thank you so much, Doug Owen, for for being here. Well, I appreciate being on your show. I really do. Thanks a lot, Craig.